I'm Mary. I'm Nolan. I'm Lakita Ann. And I'm Austin. We are your hosts, and this is Your World, Your Money. We will be talking real money with real people in a real way. Because everyone deserves the opportunity and tools for freedom, financial or otherwise. Your World, Your Money is brought to you by Hangar Studios, a New York City-based recording studio, and Global Thinking Foundation, a global nonprofit working toward financial freedom and equality for all. Hey, this is Austin. And I'm Nolan. And today, we're going to be talking about unemployment. Being without a job is tough, and it can be uncomfortable to talk about. But I think that knowing other people are going through the same thing, feeling the same emotions, that can be really helpful. For sure. And due to the pandemic, a lot of people are out of work right now. And for many others who are currently working, job security is still in question. So we think it's helpful in this world moment to get comfortable talking about the challenges of unemployment, both financially and also with just the mental and emotional components that that brings about. For sure. I, you know, I, I can speak from experience. I've, I've been unemployed a number of times during the past five years, and there's a level of stress, anxiety, and sometimes depression that can come along with it. For me personally, I know I would often put my head in the sand and try to avoid thinking about finances or the stress of finding a new job, but that kind of attitude doesn't get you very far. The, the, the biggest thing I've learned is it's better to face these challenges head on and be honest about what we can do to make our situation better while still finding the patience and grace to be gentle on ourselves. Exactly. And I'm an actor. And so I come from an industry where unemployment is more common than others. You know, a show closes and you're unemployed. But right now we're seeing an even more significant rate in unemployment in these creative industries due to COVID-19. So I thought it'd be beneficial for us to bring on one of my dear friends and inspirations, Yvette Liu, to chat about her experience as an actress during this time. Yvette is a St. Louis native who studied drama at NYU Tisch in the Experimental Theater Wing. She's done extensive work at the Muni and can most recently be seen on screen in the FX show Fosse Verdon and on stage in Hamilton. She was also just selected to be in the ABC Diversity Showcase through ABC Network. So it's truly an honor to have her here and to speak with you, Yvette. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're so excited. We know unemployment can be a um, fun topic (laughs) to speak about. Very much so. Yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about just your journey through the last few months with unemployment and, and Hamilton and just like what that's looked like. Yeah. I guess in a way, like my journey is is a lot like a lot of people and also not like a lot of people because I think, you know, people who were in shows at the time, like we have been lucky in the sense that like, oh, we, we are employees currently. We were employees currently, like when the pandemic happened. So it's been nice to be like, oh, I'm part of a company and we're going through this whole trauma together and like I have a company manager and a stage manager to help me figure out things which as you know is not normally the case because you know actors were working like gigs a lot of the times or like on and off with a company and so it's hard sometimes to be like oh this is my this is my job and this is my employer because you could have any number like I know people who have like you know 40 different employers in a year so it it was really right. nice to like have that community 
throughout this? So with those up and downs, do you feel you've been mentally and emotionally impacted as well as financially by unemployment? And if so, what has that looked like for you? Definitely. Yes. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, it was funny because I feel like I had a lot of conversations with different artists, probably including you of just like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the pandemic started and it's like, you know, this isn't that much different than normal life. Like just another day (laughs) of being an actor. Like, I don't know where my next paycheck's going to come, blah, blah, blah. Like I have no structure in my life. It was definitely like, oh yeah, I, I resonate with this. And like, we're going to be okay. And I think it's kind of gotten to the point where, at least for myself, I can't speak for anybody else, experience directly. But I've gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, especially because our industry, we don't know when it's coming back. And so I think at least like when we're unemployed throughout normal life, it's like there's hope that another job is on the horizon or like I'm going to get this audition and then I'm going to have another gig. And right now it's like, does does anything in the industry even exist? Like do any jobs exist for me out there? And I know a lot of people, their side hustles too are a part of industries that are also closed. Like, like you know, a lot of people are bartenders or waiters and hostesses. It's, and that's not really like booming right now. So I think there is just a lot of like collective dismay right now. Collective dismay. Yeah. yeah, Because in addition to not knowing where your individual career is, it's like the whole industry, what is it going to look like? Is it going to come back? Which, you know, we, we, we put our hands together every day and are like, it's coming back, but sometimes you can't help but fall into that. Like, is it going to ever? Like I'm a part of a show that I feel very lucky to be a part of in that we know that we'll have something to come back to because they have the financial means to continue throughout this pandemic. But I'm part of one of the top grossing shows in Broadway history. And a lot of shows that have made a lot of money had to close. So it's really like, there's so much unknown. And then there's so many different parts of the industry like you have costumes and you have people working in the theaters and then you have the producers and the stage managers and it's it's so many moving parts that is are totally up in the air right now with that said do you feel that your peers and these creative industries have been more resilient whether financially or emotionally to being unemployed than peers in other industries or do you think it's pretty similar what what have been your observations there I would say like, yes, kind of like I said, like at the beginning, it was very much like, oh yeah, we've done this before. We know how to do this. So I think mentally, emotionally, like maybe we are more well-equipped to face this. Financially, I think as a whole, probably not because, you know, so many people are paycheck to paycheck in the industry and in their side hustles. And I think like we have been one of the hardest hit industries. So even though we are like, one of the most resilient, we've also been the hardest hit and the longest hit. So it's just like, how do you, we're all, we're all doing our best, but it's like, but what do we do next? Will it end? (laughs) Right. There's a lot of stigma usually around unemployment, right? That you've in some way failed or that in some way you're not able to provide anymore, whether that be for yourself or someone else. And I think, like you said, the mentality of an artist is just, well, I'll find work or I'll do this gig or I'll do that. So I think in that aspect, it's 
I think, quote, easier for us. But then in the other aspect, it is like, well, but will this return? And I finally got this job. I'm sure there's so many people who were hitting their first Broadway show mm-hmm. right before this, you know, and they're fresh and they've worked however many years to get to this point, And now they're put on pause and now yeah. they don't see a potential return. So it's like, yeah, I think you're bringing up like the, the yin and yang of it of like, yeah, it's a little bit easier, but also potentially significantly harder. Did you feel financially prepared for this? I don't think anyone can, could have felt prepared for the pandemic. On episode one, we, we talked to an author who his business went under in 2016. And so he felt through that experience, he was kind of prepared for this. Did you in any way feel prepared? And if not, what do you wish you would have done differently in preparation? Or what will you do now knowing that Mm. potential pandemics could happen (laughs) in the future (laughs) to set yourself up financially and or like otherwise? Ah, yes. In addition to my earthquake and fire prep, I will also prep for the next (laughs) pandemic. (laughs) Um, Oh gosh, California. (laughs) I know. Um, I mean... I guess speaking from like a a purely factual place and like numbers wise, again, I think I was very lucky in the timing of this pandemic because for like basically all of 2019, I was unemployed. Like I, I spent much more money than I did rake in. And, you know, luckily, like I had been working consistently before that and I had saved up a lot of money, but, but by the time I had entered back into employment, which was three weeks before everything shut down, I was almost at the end of my savings. And, but I was lucky enough to like get those three weeks of, of, because I'd become part of a company again. I was like, oh, okay. I was almost done, but like now I have a little bit more of a boost to get me through this. And then also with the help of unemployment insurance, I've, I've been okay, but I know that I'm in a very lucky situation with that too, like sheerly out of timing. Cause if this had happened three weeks earlier than it had, like I would not have entered back into employment with my company. And then I wouldn't have people helping me figure out how to get unemployment. I think I probably still would have qualified because of when they base it off of, but it's, it's just like, I wouldn't have had that extra boost of the few weeks of work and the, before the everything shut down and like the few weeks of kind of back pay of that like equity and, and the Broadway league figured out. So I wouldn't have had those like extra, I think it was six or seven weeks of pay, which is significant. So again, no, I was not prepared. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was not planning for this kind of disaster to happen. And I got very lucky. You mentioned, you know, going to people to help you file for unemployment or qualify or with the insurance, who did you turn to? I'm assuming that was like stage management or did you have people in your, in your personal network? Like how would you encourage other people to, to find resources there if they find oh, themselves man. unemployed I mean, as a creative? Yeah, I guess what I, I, in our situation, the company managers kind of reached out to us and they were like, this is how you file for unemployment. You go through this state if you're this person and we're this company blah, 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 details, step-by-step processes. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) And then we had like a group chat with the whole cast and everyone was like, how do you do this? And that was also when everybody was like trying to call unemployment. And I think just like some people, it took probably more than a month to just like get through to the unemployment. But the fact that we had that kind of communal space to go to like with our qualms and being like, I didn't get my unemployment check yet. Like that support already was huge, I think. That alone was like, it's going to be okay. There are other people in my situation. 
without that, I think it would have been like, I, because everybody is in a different situation. Like even in that cast, everyone was in a different situation, but we had that shared experience of being like, we got let go at the same time from the same company. But without that, it's kind of like everybody, it would feel like, I think I'm kind of fending for myself because it already was feeling that way. Um, for sure. But I think in terms of like what to do, if you are feeling that way, there are resources. Like if you're part of a union, go to that. Mm-hmm. If you're part of any kind Huge. of group of friends or past colleagues who you have some kind of shared experience with, like go there. Because I think in this, in this state of trauma, it's like, we're all experiencing, but to have some shared experience, whether it's now or in the past, I think that is just like to lift up the mental aspect of it already helps so much. Absolutely. That's huge. If you could ask a financial expert who is well-versed in both the effects of unemployment and also the mental health, emotional component of that, if you could ask them one question, what would that question be? I feel like there would be so many questions. <laughs> you can ask too. How do you I'll be unemployed you for this long during a pandemic and be happy? <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay. I guess I have many questions, but I think an interesting one that has popped into my mind in thinking about this was I recently spoke to a friend of mine who lives in New Zealand and he like just became unemployed, right? Because he's like, he's trying to do like a, a job switch, not because he like got fired. Mm. But so he has unemployment, but he was talking about it. He was like, yeah, you know, and like I have, I have um, job search money. I don't, I don't know what the exact words were, but he worded it very differently. And I was like, it took me a second. I was like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, you're talking about unemployment insurance. But the sheer facts that like the government, I don't know if it's the official name, so don't quote me on this, but like he called it like job finding money. And we call it unemployment money. Right, it's just like, the perspective there on the, the language. Perspective yeah. from, from the people in the country, but also from whoever is naming it and like the government, like how does, how does the way a government so treats real. unemployment and its unemployed population affect the actual unemployment and the, the, the psychologies of the people who are experiencing it? Yeah. Whoa, that's real. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> it's all real. And, you know, I'm just curious about if, if you have any like personal coping strategies you've found that have been helpful, into, you know, because I know like our job, whether we like it or hate it, like it, it takes up so much of our daily mental space, right? And when it's mm-hmm. not there, I don't know, people react differently. Like it's, it's hard to ground yourself. How have you managed? Oh, I mean, I feel like I've also... I'm sure this is true for everybody here. Like, I feel like I've run the gamut of like, I'm like, let me try this thing to cope. I'm like, nope, not working anymore. Find another thing. (laughs) Like actively putting my energy in other spaces that aren't like me feeling sorry for myself, which, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I let myself feel sorry for myself too. But another friend of mine, I kind of give like credit to all these people, but another friend of mine, we were talking about anxiety throughout this pandemic. And this thing that has really stuck with me is that he said, the way I think about it, we've all got $100 a day to spend. And like, if we don't actively choose to spend our $100 somewhere, our anxiety is just going to take it out of our back pocket and then we won't have it anymore. So I think there's definitely a healthy line between like, let me, let me drown myself in other things to, to pretend like all these things aren't happening versus like, I know this thing here, which is not helpful for me is happening. So like, let me just 
I'll acknowledge it's there, but like actively put my energy somewhere else, whether that's like learning a new skill or like helping other people or just like finding things that bring you joy in, in the moment. You know, I think, I think it's, it's different things for different people at different times, but we're all going through it together and all drowning at some points and paddling to the surface at others. At others. A hundred percent. So true. Oh, thank you so much just for your transparency and for sharing your story. We're just like so grateful to have you here and just congratulations on all the successes that you are having as an artist and as an actress and we can't wait to see you know where you are on the screen and or stage when all this is over and behind us and and we get to re-enter into creative industries once again so thank you so much Yvette thanks for having me this is lovely So, you know, it's one thing to grapple with the emotions and uncertainty around being unemployed, which is so hard in and of itself. But bringing in finances and having to make decisions about how to cut back, for me at least, that is immensely stress-inducing. For sure. So after our conversation with Yvette, we thought it'd be great for us to bring on an amazing woman who is very skilled, not just dealing with finance, but in finding the right mental attitudes to tackle these things with a level head. Her name is Anna Njai Conte. So with us today is Anna Njai Conte. Anna is the founder of Dare to Dream Financial Planning, a fee-only virtual financial planning firm that serves the needs of 30, 40-something women of color who want to live boldly and make a lasting impact on their family tree. She's also the host of the First Gen Realness podcast, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. There, she engages in conversations with her fellow first-generation Americans in order to reinforce their value and immense contributions to the fabric of America. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're thrilled you could make it. So we wanted to bring you in today because I, I saw recently you had talked about an interesting strategy for reducing expenses while being unemployed that people can make use of. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I think you're referring to a private student loan refinance, which I think right now is is an incredible opportunity that people have. Interest rates are so low right now. And so a lot of times I find people have private student loans. I actually spoke to somebody the other day. She had like 7% interest rate. And interest rates on private student loans, depending on the term, can be anywhere from two, two and a half to 5%. So you can see substantial savings from there. It can be a little bit tough if you are completely unemployed to qualify for that. But if you have a spouse that is still employed and you have private student loans, it can be a really good opportunity to cut your overhead and save yourself some interest expense over the long term. Yeah, that's, that seems like a, a great idea and something people should look into. I, I saw that you also had this interesting strategy for reducing expenses slowly so as to not dramatically change your quality of life and make the behavioral and budget changes more sustainable. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. I think that a lot of times when people get the horrible news that they're laid off or furloughed or they're getting fired, um, which is happening to so many Americans right now, we have a tendency to like panic and just go scorched earth on everything. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a very difficult emotional time then. And so 
when you just go scorched earth like that, you're suffering lifestyle wise and you're also suffering because you've lost your job. And I, and, and that has a lot of complicated emotions built into it. So what I really like to tell people to do is obviously you need to take a hard look at your finances, what you're spending every month, what you are, you know, everything that's going out and, and sort of know what your real baseline bare bones minimum, which I call like your survival number is. And then you can kind of dial back to that at some point. And I think it also times in too with a lot of times if you get furloughed or laid off, you might get a severance package of some sort. And so you can kind of ease into that without really shocking the system, so to speak. You're talking when you get laid off, you have, there is an emotional or mental impact that can be had on on the person. So in working with your clients, what are some of the experiences that you've had with clients that are mentally and emotionally impacted? And what are some things, as you were talking about earlier, the whole person you can do um, that aren't just financial, that when you get laid off and or are unemployment, what you can do as a, as a human being to kind of navigate through that very difficult emotional mental space? It can be very challenging. I'm a big fan. I think, you know, taking it back a step, I think finances can be really overwhelming emotionally, mentally, cause a lot of anxiety and stress because we don't necessarily have a good handle on our numbers, right? And so if you are somebody that's recently laid off, I would say getting a really good handle on your numbers is the first thing you need to do from a practical to-do list standpoint, right? So looking at what you have in terms of debt, how much the, the payments are, what you've generally been spending, you know, what your grocery bills are like, what your gas bills are like, and, and your utilities and all of those things. So you understand, like I said, the survival number before, what the bare bones are, and, and just where all of the moving parts of your finances are. And I think a lot of times people panic about their finances, especially in a really sudden job loss situation. And so they they kind of just go frantic and they don't really know what to do. And I find that to be a very grounding experience. So if you say, okay, I spend $4,000 a month, let's just throw out a number. And I'm anticipating I'll get $2,500 a month in unemployment, let's say, or $2,000 a month in unemployment. At the very least, you know what your deficit is. But if you're just operating in this nebulous space of like, I don't have enough money, there's not any money coming in, you tend to just flail around. And I think it just doesn't serve you. I think from an emotional standpoint, I, and, and I see this particularly for men, you know, men are really, it's really driven into their heads that they're supposed to provide. So when they lose their job, it really sends them kind of on an emotional tailspin. I think it has that tendency to have a disproportionate impact on them emotionally than it does for women. And I think, you know, really doing some work around understanding that you are not worthless and you're not not contributing because you're not earning an income, I think that that's easier for women to accept. And, and if you don't do that, and we have a situation where we're in right now, where there are people who have been unemployed for an extended period of time because the economy is just really not doing that great. It's a recipe for real emotional turmoil and distress. You know, I'm a big fan. I'll get a little woo on you guys. I'm a big fan of meditation. I think it's so helpful. And also journaling your thoughts around this, like putting your stress on paper can be really helpful mentally as well. From my perspective, I do think that communities of color and immigrants are disproportionately affected by it for a couple of reasons. The first I would say is that, you know, if we're talking about immigrants, depending on your immigration status, you might just not be eligible for some benefits and some social programs that could help other people. 
right? So, you know, food stamps, if you're undocumented, you can't get food stamps and SNAP benefits. Those kind of things can be really tricky and they can really make a substantial impact in terms of your survival, but it's just not available to you. The other thing I would say is that, you know, communities of color in particular, when you're talking about first generation Americans or immigrants, we tend to be supporting more than one family member. And so there is a little bit of a ripple effect, right? So if I am supporting aunts and uncles or grandparents or my parents and I lose my job, then that means there are several households that are affected, whether that be here or overseas. And you see that regardless of you want to talk about African-American community or in in an immigrant community, you're going to see a similar dynamic. Now, having said that, though, a lot of times I think communities of color, we tend to be multi-generational households, right? So if one person loses the job, then at least there might be three or four people that are working that can help kind of pitch in and fill some of that gap. But I do think that we are disproportionately affected. And I you know, based on just even statistics you see in terms of the wealth gap, right? Latino and black households have substantially less wealth than white households. And so they don't really have much of a buffer that they can dip into long-term. So all of that paints a nuanced, but I think more severe picture, right? For sure. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. For folks that might be in a vulnerable financial position, or really for for anyone, do you have any advice for folks that are currently employed but want to have a level of resilience that, you know, (laughs) the economy's in rough shape currently? We're recording this in September 2020 in the middle of the COVID crisis. (laughs) You know, we we don't know where things are going to go. What advice do you have for folks to plan for those potential shocks in the future? And how do they stay resilient? Yeah, um, I think that's so important because it's so much harder to make changes after you've had a life-changing event like this, right? So if you do the preparation in the front end, it just serves you so much better. So I would say, going back to what we said earlier, knowing your survival number, right? Knowing what your bare bones monthly expenditures are is going to be really crucial. And I think making a plan towards saving, you know, the golden rule is really three to six months of, of expenses saved, put aside That's like the holy grail. You don't touch it unless you absolutely need to for emergencies, for cases of job loss or medical emergencies or those kind of things. I mean, if you don't have that three to six months of expenses, or let's say you did save that a few years ago and maybe lifestyle creep has happened and your expenses have gone up, then revisiting that and making sure that it is full. And if not, then topping that up some. I would say also making sure that you have the coverage in terms of insurance that you need, right? So double checking, making sure that you have enough life insurance because for example, a lot of people think that they have their group term policy through their job and that's enough. But if you lose your job, that's not really available to you. Some people will let you port it over, but it can be really expensive. And then God forbid something were to happen to you and you're unemployed, your family doesn't have that coverage. So I would say if you are in a place to purchase some additional term insurance or, or life insurance for yourself. Same goes for disability insurance as well. It can be really important to look at that and have your own policy that you bought and paid for on your own outside of your employer. The employer plan can kind of be a, an extra benefit, so to speak. And I would say also just revisiting, you know, I think COVID has been very, for those of us who have been fortunate enough to 
keep our jobs and stay employed, even though we're on lockdown and even though we have all this economic turmoil around us. I think that we have a really great opportunity to revisit our past expenses. So taking the time to look at what you were spending pre-COVID, even though that feels like a hundred years ago, I know it does for me, (laughs) Um, looking at what you were spending and seeing if it matches up with what you want to be doing long-term and coming up with a savings and savings plan to address what you actually want to be doing. Um, I think those are, those two things are really important because, you know, I think we kind of get on autopilot a bit in terms of our finances and in terms of life in general. And so if we don't take periodic times to look at it, then we can drift away from the path that we've chosen. And this, this is a gift of time that we all have. If someone else is unemployed, if it's a friend, friend or, or family member who's going through a period of unemployment, from your experience, what's the best way to check in on things? What's the best way to help and support if someone else in your close circle is unemployed? And if you aren't the, the one necessarily navigating through that difficult time? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I think, you know, I have children. So I'll, I'll give you an example of after I had my first daughter, I just wanted somebody to come and say, here, I cooked you some food and here, take this rather than just saying, oh, let me know if you need anything because you feel like you don't want to burden somebody else with, you know, asking for it. Or maybe you don't even know what you need, but somebody just giving you something can be so helpful and you realize, oh yeah, I needed to eat something good. (laughs) So I think just providing support, depending on your relationship, right? you know, maybe dropping off a nice cooked meal or saying, hey, let me watch the kids for an hour or two while you do your job search or you have a phone interview or something like that. Just offering those, that support can be really meaningful. And I think also, you know, going back to the emotional standpoint, I think that, you know, we feel really isolated and there's so much shame and built into being unemployed and not being able to financially provide or to be financially struggling. There's just so much shame baked in around that. And so people might not even want to tell you, even if you know they're unemployed, they might not want to tell you like, hey, I'm really struggling. I need some help in X, Y, and Z area. And just, just really being there for them on a human level, on a personal level, I think is super important. It's so interesting that you, that you're speaking you know, to that, that shame, right? I, I'm an actor primarily. So I come from an industry where unemployment is the norm. So for industries that it's not as specific, right? Or, or not as frequent in, what do you advise people when you're, you know, noticing that they are dealing with this shame, that they're dealing with these uh, emotional burdens of not providing and et cetera? That's a tough one, because but I but I think you know I am a very optimistic glass half, glass half full type of person, and I like to do a lot of mindset work. So I would say, you know, first of all, asking yourself where the gift in that is, and I know that's hard to do when you're dealing with a stressful situation, but like if you are, let's say, a lot of times we're working at a job that we just really hate, and so we lose our job, and then it's like, okay, well maybe I want to pivot somehow, or maybe this is the time that I can start, you know, a freelance business that I always wanted to do. Let's say you wanted to do art, but you felt like it was never lucrative. What else do you have to do right now, or what do you have to lose? You already lost your job. What, how about you look at pursuing some of your passions, right? And it's, it's really a time, I think, where we can sit with ourselves and think about what it is that we actually want. It can be hard to, 
do the, all of those things when we're so busy and we're running from point A to point B. But, but it really is a time where I think we can reassess, revisit, go back to basics or like what really drives us and, and give it a try right now. I feel like if at the very least, let's say you're an artist and you've always wanted to be an artist, you're painting again. And even if it doesn't end up that you sell any art, at the very least, you're doing something that brings you joy, right? I think we can tend to get too focused on the career, the money, those external things. And then we lose sight of those more internal, joyful things that we can do. Yeah, that's such a beautiful perspective. I love the half glass full. <laughs> totally. Yeah. We don't talk about half glass full with money. You know, I feel like there, no. money is such a, it's usually a very negative conversation. Totally. And so having this positive, you know, perspective on it and, and looking at it as opportunity. I think mm-hmm. is, is just so impactful and is a great mindset shift. So thank you. Thanks. Yeah. One thing that I, I heard once that I'll just share with everybody, my coach was talking about like money and scarcity, right? And being stressed about not having scarce uh, enough money for something. And she said, instead of looking at it like, oh my God, I don't have enough money to pay my phone bill or I don't have enough money to buy, put a full tank of gas. Looking at what, you are able to do and focusing on that can be really impactful. So like you might not be able to do all the things you want to do or all the things you need to, but I think being able to do some of those and really like covering your very, very basic things, that is really important. And that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I love the idea of, I mean, I've, I've loved seeing all these people take on these hobbies and one interesting debate I've seen is like whether people should be doing the hobbies just for the sake of hobbies and enjoy it or whether mm-hmm. they should be going, pursuing the side hustle, you know, whether yeah. they should be trying to monetize their interests or passions in some way. Do, do you have thoughts on that? Do you, do you ever give advice on when people should look into like turning it into a side income or when they can just take a step back and appreciate their hobby for being a hobby? So I think that we as a society focus too much on practicality, right? And I'm, I'm saying this as like a lit major in college, so take it with a grain of salt, but I've done pretty well for myself. And I, and I wouldn't trade that time in of reading books that I thought were amazing for anything. So I think that we shouldn't just focus on monetizing things. I think if, if doing something for the sake of joy and enjoyment is amazing, but I do think that oftentimes we can make a lot of money doing things that bring us joy and we enjoy. So I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. I think that if you are somebody that wants to be self-employed, that wants to hustle on on your time, you know, then go for it if that makes you happy. But I, I don't like to see people making it a binary choice. Like if you don't monetize that, that you know, craft you do, then you're being dumb. No, maybe you just want to do that and that's cool. But I do think that sometimes people forget that you can make money doing things that you love. So, you know, it's, it's not a A or B choice. That makes a lot of sense. So taking a step back, Anna, I'm I'm curious how your experience has been as a financial planner during all of this, during the time of COVID. Things seem to be changing so quickly and so dramatically in ways that we can't always process. What have you seen with your clients and, and elsewhere in terms of how people are adapting and what's it been like? I think for those of us that are still employed, it has really forced us to say, okay, I need to make sure that I have a rock solid financial foundation. 
and to make sure that I can withstand whatever shocks might come, because this is something that really came out of left field, right? January and February, we were all riding high. The economy's great. Nothing's wrong. Everything's good. Like blue skies as far as the eye can see. And now, and then March happened and it all came to a screeching halt, right? And so I think that we've just seen that we can't necessarily predict what's going to happen. So I've seen clients say, okay, let's stress test my financial plan. Let's make sure that I have saved enough. Let's make sure that my investments are allocated appropriately. All of those things have have been brought up by the market turmoil and just the general economics turmoil that we've seen. So, you know, prospective clients have also been coming to me saying like, I've been putting this off for years putting off hiring a financial advisor for years. And I really want to do it now because I'm concerned that something else might come out of left field at some point, or this is going to be even more extended like economic contraction than, than we originally anticipated. And I want to make sure that I'm okay. I think people are really refocusing and just making sure that they and their family are adequately covered in terms of their finances. Yeah. In that vein of COVID, are there any, I mean, you're just so awesome. And and I love just the way that you think about money and finance and wellness, which is just such a unique, beautiful voice on this. Are there any projects that you're working on currently that have either been birthed from COVID and or just from this, you know, kind of moment that you've had to, to sit and rest in, in this? I'd love to hear what you're working on. Yeah. So as we speak, this will probably be wrapped up by the time this episode aired, but I um, put together a free online summit for people to just get really amazing quality information on how to set up a solid financial foundation early on in their career. Because I think that a lot of younger people are seeing that this is you know, this is throwing everybody for a loop and they want to make sure that they're good long-term. And I think they can set up things for themselves well now for the future, whatever the future may hold. But I'm also working on, is I think as us as a society, we are very um, lacking in terms of financial education. And just generally, people don't understand finances. They don't understand how to manage their finances. They don't understand how all of these different things play in together. And so they're not able to build wealth and save as much as they could long-term. So I'm actually looking at putting together like some group courses, which I'm working on right now, should launch later this year for women who want to try to get a better sense and, and feel more financially competent, right? And to, to really begin to build wealth, pay off debt and set themselves up for the future. So I'm working on that now. Should be should be launching November. It's amazing. Financial literacy always. <laughs> yes. I know. So exciting. People can find that on your website, which is daretodreamplanning.com. Any other place they should take a look? Yeah, no, it'll be there. Um, should be launching in November. So, you know, you can join my email list on the website and you'll get notified whenever that comes out if it's something you'd be interested in. Yeah, amazing. that's amazing. Are there any last words of advice, words of wisdom um, in this vein of, of finances and emotional well-being during unemployment that you have to share as beautiful nuggets of wisdom? 
Yeah. So I would say like from a practical standpoint, a lot of any, if anybody's experiencing unemployment or know somebody that is, a lot of the big banks and lenders are actually being very flexible right now in terms of letting people reduce their monthly obligations or pay late without fees. So I would say call everybody, your mortgage company, your credit card company, your car note, like just call everyone and say, I lost my job. What can we do? And what support can you offer me? Um, That's going to be your first step. And then I say, just like, keep your head up. You know, this is a really hard time for those of us that are even employed. Like we're all trying not to get COVID. We're locked in our houses for months at a time. Some of us are locked in houses with small children who are not always rational. (laughs) And so I don't know anything about that. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's stressful for everybody, but adding the unemployment stress, I would say, just be gentle with yourself, you know, and try to make a concrete action plan for your finances and just for even your career search and your job search and the terms of the direction of your life and execute on that and don't spiral as easy as it is. It's really hard to deal with all of this combined, but if you have one small step to take towards each of those, so like today I'm going to call my mortgage company, tomorrow I'm going to call the light company and there continue on like that. I think that can be really impactful and not feel too overwhelming. Like you have to do all the things right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, I, I love the, the honing in on, we, we do need to be gentle with ourselves, right? And I, I hope people can find those, those coping mechanisms to, to allow ourselves to be gentle. And I, I love that you mentioned earlier about leaning into meditation and, and strategies like that. Yeah. And it just sometimes just seems so outside of ourselves, right? When we're talking about money and, you know, the weight of the world is crashing over, but breaking it down to simple steps like that of call, you know, call your mortgage, you know, call these people, make that one simple step and offer, offer them to offer you help, you know, say I'm unemployed and allow them the opportunity to step up as your lender and create, you know, creative solutions for you that you can do together. You know, it's oftentimes I think we think we have to figure it out all ourselves and we have to completely refinance our home, right? And it's like, no, there are people out there who do that and we, you know, can can be empowered to ask for that help. So super practical, I know a lot easier said than done, but <laughs> thanks for sharing that. And just thank you so much for being on with us today during this episode and just sharing with us your beautifully unique voice on this matter. Thanks so much for having me. This was a fun conversation. So that's our show. And I got to say, I I think I feel a little better now in in thinking through unemployment, how to plan for it, how to deal with it, how to help our friends and family who are going through it. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we will see you next time on episode four. Take care. Bye. You've been listening in with Your World, Your Money. You can find us at ywympodcast.com and stay updated on Instagram at Global Thinking Foundation USA. Be sure to rate and review us and you can reach us with questions or thoughts at hi at ywympodcast.com. Our thanks again to Hangar Studios and Global Thinking Foundation. Thanks, friends. Happy money making. See you next time. <laughs>